Good morning, everybody. It's great to see you. Great to be with you this morning. Great to be back on deck. Um, I'm not the only one. I think Vincent's been down with the dreaded lurgy as well. So it's good to be mostly over that. So before I get too much into the message, I want to make a mention of the men's breakfast coming up on Saturday, 8.45, in the cafe. If you'd like a really lovely feed of bacon and eggs, be there in the cafe at 8.45. We're very, very fortunate that Bob Day, uh, who is a mature believer, had a lot of uh, experience in his life, is going to come and share with us and uh, share with us about things that he's uh, been involved with. And uh, that should be a wonderful, wonderful time for the men. So 8.45 in the uh, cafe. We look forward to you being there. So today we're going to speak about Moses and Mother's Day. Jeff gets the Mother's Day message. Happy Mother's Day to all our mothers. Happy Mother's Day to my mother. And uh, I wish you a happy Mother's Day, all of you. And uh, we look at Moses' life in the scriptures And it's a challenging life. He was born into a time that was a challenging time. For those of you that have heard the story and have read it a few times, it really comes alive when we read it again. He defied all the odds. He was born in a a very, very difficult, very, very dangerous time. It was supposed to be a time of joy. When you have a baby, it's a time of joy. And yet he was born into a time where for a Hebrew baby, it was a time of great peril and great danger. The Herod, the pharaoh of that time, had made a decree that every Hebrew boy, every Hebrew male child that was born was to be cast into the lake, into the Nile, into the river. And you ask why he would make such a decree? Because the nation of Israel, who were in Egypt at that time, had grown to such an influence, he began to worry about their influence. He began to worry that they would overthrow the Egyptians. And so he made a decree, and he made everybody obey that decree, that every time a Hebrew woman gave birth to a Hebrew son, that child was to be taken from the mother and was to be cast into the Nile. It's horrendous to think that that could happen. A nationwide, nationwide decree. The mothers that cared for those children must have been caught in a terrible, terrible situation. But we see two mothers in this story. Two mothers. The mother that gave birth to Moses. And later on, when Moses is a little bit older, we see Pharaoh's daughter, who becomes his second mother. And so I wanted to ask the question today, what does it take to be a mother? Does it, being a mother just mean that you give birth to a child? Or can you be a mother through other means, as Pharaoh's daughter was a mother to him? And secondly, I want to ask you, what kind of a mother has God called you to be? And this is where all the men switch off. You think, now, Jeff, you're, a, you know, you're not going to teach me that I can be a good mother. There is something in here for you guys as we concentrate on what it takes to be a good mother. And I think about all you mothers today, and sometimes Mother's Day indeed is a good day for you, and sometimes it's not a good day for you. Some of you mothers are doing motherhood on your own. You're either divorced or you're going through that sort of situation or you've been left by a husband and you're raising a child or children on their own. Some of you have taken on other people's children. We know of people in our church who have adopted, who've cared for, who've fostered other people's children. What does it take to be a good mother in that situation? 
We know some of you who are going through situations where you're caring for your daughter's children, where you've been left with grandchildren that you thought would be raised by your children, but you ended up raising them yourself. What does it take to be a good mother? Well, let's look at Moses' birth mother, Jochebed, and ask that question as we move through. And we see here that the baby was born and she treasured the baby. She gave birth to a baby. I can't imagine what that is like, but I've been there through the birth of our children and it was hard work, I've got to tell you. I was sweating the big time. <coughs> Fortunately, the basketball was on, so I was able to watch the basketball with the doctor. And uh, no, I, I don't understand. I don't understand what it, to carry a baby for nine months and to cherish that baby being born. I can't imagine what it was like for Jochebed, who fell pregnant and she was confronted with the reality that to give birth to a baby and if it was a boy, that, that baby would be taken from her uh, by the, the mothers that were nursing her, um, by the midwives that were caring for her. The midwives had been instructed to take every male child or to notify the authorities that there was a male child born so that they could come and take that child and cast it into the water. And she was pregnant, it would have been a joyful occasion and then she gave birth and the Bible says that she gave birth to a baby and when she looked at that baby she recognised that that baby was very, very beautiful and very, very fine features. She recognised this baby had high value. She immediately fell in love with this baby. And so she came up with a plan, the best plan that she could come up with at the time, to not obey the decree of the Pharaoh, to defy the Pharaoh, defy the laws of the land, and to protect this beautiful child that she had given birth to, this child that she now treasured. And the Bible says that she hid the baby from danger. She hid the baby from danger. I don't know whether she stuffed it under the bed or whether she hid him in the cupboard or what she did with him, but it must have been a very, very difficult time. It's one thing to hide the baby and to keep it from the authorities, but imagine all her friends and all the neighbours and all the people that could easily say a word to the wrong person and that child could be discovered. She must have lived in fear for those two or three months that she was nursing this beautiful child. So she came up with a plan. She thought to herself, I've got to come up with a plan. I can only hide the child for so long. Somebody's going to hear it cry. Somebody's going to dob me in. Other mothers who have lost their children are going to be jealous and sow a word. And I will lose this beautiful child that God has given me. And so the scriptures tell us that she took this baby. She put him in a beautiful little crib. And she hid him down by the water. She got this crib and she put uh, bitumen on it. She was well thought out and had a lid. And she took this and placed it in the reeds, at, in the river. And the reason that it mentions in the reeds is because the water wasn't flowing quickly there. And this was the only thing that she could think of to care for this beautiful child. Must have been a very, very harrowing time for Jochebed and for her husband as this beautiful child she had and she hid him for three months and she could hide him no longer and she took the ark, as it was called then, the ark into the bulrushes for him and daubed it with asphalt and pitch and put the child in it and laid it in the reeds by the riverbank. And the Bible says in verse 4, and his sister stood afar off to know what would be done. This was just a plan that she came up with. 
The only plan that she could come up with was that she couldn't keep the child in the home anymore, so she put him in the river in an ark, hoping that somehow or other something would happen, maybe somebody would discover him, that the Lord would show mercy, the Lord would show compassion. And his sister stood afar off to watch what would happen. Can you imagine what she felt? This precious child, this precious brother that she'd spent probably months with, that she loved and cared for, and she was wondering herself what would happen to the child. But God was in this, and God showed great compassion. And the Bible goes on to tell us, then the daughter of the Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river. This is the, the daughter of the man that made the decree. This is the, the daughter of the actual enemy of this child, the enemy of the people of the Hebrews. This is the daughter who heard the decree from her father that every Hebrew boy was to be cast into the river and die. And she came down to bathe as was her custom. I don't know whether this was Jochebed's plan, whether she hoped that against hope that something miraculous would happen. But it tells us in the Bible that she had compassion. This was a, a wonderful story. A wonderful story of desperation. This mother treasured her child, she hid her child, and then she came up with what was a tenuous plan, the only plan she could think of so that the child might have a chance to survive. And it's easy for us to sit here and look at it as a story and be disconnected from it, but place yourself, if you could for a moment, go back and imagine how difficult this must have been to the family. But God was there. God was caring for Moses. God had a plan for Moses. God is caring for you. Even though your life may be in peril, even though it may not be going the way you want it to, even though things may be happening to you that you wish weren't happening to you, God is there. He sees what's happening. God had compassion God has compassion on you. God had a plan for the life of Moses. God has a plan for your life. God can use you to bless others. I think of you mothers, particularly at the moment, with the children you have under your care as you seek to treasure them, as you seek to hide them and protect them from the things that would destroy them. And there are plenty of things in this world today. There are plenty of decrees that would take the life of our children. And we know them too well. There's drugs and there's drink. And there's a lot of hardships that work against parents raising a children in this environment. But Moses, why mother, she treasured him, she hid him, and she planned for him to survive. And so she placed him in the reeds, and along comes Pharaoh's daughter. Along comes this Potiphar's daughter to bathe with her maidens. She's wandering along and they hear the baby cry, those cries where the mother had tried to hide him. And the sister's standing afar off and she sees Pharaoh's daughters and she sees, sorry, Pharaoh's daughter and the maids come towards the baby. They hear the cry and they reach in and take out the ark from the water and they lift the lid off the ark and they see this crying baby. And Pharaoh's daughter has a choice at this point in time. She knows that her father has commanded that the child be destroyed. She knows that only a Hebrew child would be in the reeds. This was a, a desperate act of a desperate woman. 
And the Bible says she looked upon the child and she had compassion. She had compassion upon that child. She wasn't the mother, the biological mother of that child. And, and some may say that if you're not a biological mother, if you've never given birth to a child, you don't know what it is to, to raise a child. That's a load of rubbish. Because you can not be the biological mother and still have compassion upon that child. A compassion, a saving compassion. A compassion that is not limited to our biology. So this beautiful woman, and I can only describe her as that, even though her father came up with this evil plan to destroy all the male Hebrew children, this beautiful woman had compassion upon this child. She protected the child. This is where Moses' sister stepped in. This, this, was, this was God's plan. I can't imagine trying to create this plan. But the sister has great boldness and she approaches Pharaoh's daughter and says to her, do you want me to find someone to nurse the child? This is only, only God could do this. God must have been laughing from heaven when this went on. And she said, that's a great idea. Why don't you find somebody? And so she went to Moses' mother to have him nurse the child. And not only does she get to nurse her own child for three or four years, she gets paid to do it. Wouldn't you love to be paid to raise those rats in your home? <laughs> God cares for you. God has a plan for you. Even when things seem perilous and beyond the reach of God... His mercies endure forever. God is compassionate and he loves you and cares for you and he has a plan for you. This woman had great compassion. Further to that, she actually protected the child from danger. She actually took Moses, a Hebrew child, into her home under the authority of her father. She defied the laws of the land, she defied the laws of her, very, of her very own father. It seems as though he had a lot of power and a lot of influence on the land, but he could not win the heart of his daughter. And she must have thought that it was unjust to have this terrible thing happen to Hebrew children. Must have been a terrible time as child after child was cast into the river. So she protected him. She protected him from danger. She defied her father's creed. She defied the law of land. And she was driven, driven, driven by compassion. Not only that, she provided for the child's survival. This is where she found a nursing mother. She could have chosen an Egyptian wife or an Egyptian woman to care for the child. You would have thought that would have been the natural thing to do, to give it to one of her servants or to, to give her to an Egyptian woman who was nursing. But that would have put the child in danger because that woman would have been obedient to the decree. Only the, the daughter had the authority to defy her father, to defy the law of the land and to have her father not do anything about it. Imagine when she got home with this Hebrew child, when he was presented to her and she named him, and she took him into his ho her house and cared for him. How the father must have felt. He wanted to 
obey the decree that he had put on the land and yet he loved his daughter and she defied him and he ignored the decree and God was all the time in heaven laughing at how difficult it was for him. She found a nursing heart, beautiful mother. She provided for his survival. But not only that, the final thing that we see, she accepted Moses as her son. It's one thing to be born to a mother and a father. And there are times where you think to yourself, I would have liked to have had a choice in that. If I could choose, I might have chosen someone else. But this is actually beautiful. Moses was named by Pharaoh's daughter. She was actually chosen by him. And she waited for two or three years while the child nursed with his natural mother, Jochebed, and he was presented to Pharaoh's daughter. And she named him. She called him Moses. And in Egyptian, that meant a son, which is really beautiful. So the Egyptians had no trouble with Moses. They looked at Moses and they thought he's named a son, the son of the Pharaoh, the son of the Pharaoh's daughter. That's okay with us. So he was protected by the Egyptians. And then when he went into the Jewish part of town, his name in Jewish language, in the Hebrew language, meant drawn up out of the water. That was okay with the Egyptians too. Moses was protected in that place as well, as he sought to survive this difficult, difficult time. So what makes for a mother? What makes for a mother? Well, I believe that maternal love makes for a mother. The compassion that the mother had upon Moses for that time. He not only had, she had compassion upon the child, she protected the child from danger. And not only that, she nurtured and raised him. We see this with both his natural mother and we see this with, Moses, we see this with uh, Pharaoh's daughter as well. And this is really beautiful as she, Moses spent three years with his mother, two to three years with his mother, those initial years, and then he was given over to Pharaoh's daughter to raise. And this is remarkable because Moses was raised as a prince. And unlike all the other Egyptians who had a slave mentality, who had been raised to think of themselves as slaves and who had been raised to think as slaves, Moses was raised as a prince. He didn't have that hindrance to think of himself as a slave. He thought of himself as a prince. And God would use that powerfully, powerfully in his life. And both of those women released him for his mission. You imagine how hard it would be, or maybe it's not that hard, for Jochebed to release Moses. She went to the, the harrowing event of putting him in the bulrushes and hoping that God had a plan. And then she receives him back by the divine hand of God. And then when he turns two or three years of age, she actually takes him and presents him to Pharaoh's daughter. And the heart-wrenching prospect of giving over your son, as it were, twice in that circumstance... But she was not to be disappointed. The word of God did not fail her. The character of God did not fail her, nor will it fail you. Pharaoh's daughter took him and raised him and spent 40 years with him. She was the one that influenced him. Influenced him to be a prince of Egypt, but influenced him, as it were, because God uses human means, influenced him to have compassion upon the Hebrew people and finally he would be used of God to be the deliverer of the Hebrew people. But both women were willing to release him 
to what God had called him to do. So that's what it takes to be a good mother. That's what it takes to be a mother. What, can, what kind of a mother has God called you to be? Has God called you to be a, a mother with great compassion, a mother who protects your children from danger, a mother who nurtures and raises your children to be all that they can be for the Lord, and a woman who is prepared to release her children to do what God has called them to do. And you know what I mean by that. Some of us like to hang on to our kids and live our life through them and hope that they make a lot of money so that we can live off their money. We've got to release our children to be all that they can be for the Lord. How can God make you that sort of a person? God can make you a mother by birth or he can make you a mother, as it were, who has never given birth as you follow unto the Lord. And may God give you strength and may God give you grace and may God give you favour as you seek the Lord through these things. Amen? Praise God for mothers. Happy Mother's Day, everyone. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for Mother's Day as we have named it. And we thank you for uh, our mothers. We thank you no matter where they are, whether they're with you, uh, Lord, whether they're absent in our lives, uh, Lord, whether they're ailing or whether they're blessing, whatever it may be, we thank you in faith and we thank you that you are not hamstrung by that, Lord, that you are able to bless us. Father, I pray that you would continue to remind us of the great responsibility we have to raise our children, uh, to protect them, to go before them and make sure they're not in danger, to, to raise them in a way where they understand your word and they have compassion upon others. And Lord, most of all, we thank you for your great compassion toward us in your son, the Lord Jesus. We pray this in his name. Amen.